welcome to Gen Zero Pokemon Movie Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Doug. And this is part one of our two-part podcast. Next week, we will have part two. This is Pokemon Black and White. Uh, the first one we watched was... It was Black, uh, Victini, and Reshram. So yeah, next week we will do Pokemon White, Victini, and Zekrom. Let's get right into this one. This one starts off showcasing Ash's new companions, Iris and Simon. He's obviously started the Unova region, and I think at least one of them are gym leaders. Iris is one in Black and White. No, Black and White 2, she is the Pokemon League champion. Okay. I don't remember if she is in Black and White, the first one. I know okay. he is. He's one of the first gym leaders you fight, the trio. Okay. Where you... You choose, you get one of the elemental monkeys. Right. And the three gym leaders each have corresponding elemental monkeys. Right. And that's really all we get for the intro. It's really short, actually, at this time. Yeah, and we get the normal cavalcade of random Pokemon, and right. that's about it. Kind of showcasing Unova's Pokemon. No legendaries. No. No, no like, legend recap thing like it used to do. And then it jumps right into... A bunch of Poke Eskimos, I guess. A bunch of people who live in an Arctic region with their Pokemon, building igloos and stuff like that. Oh man, did someone get traumatized by a whole bunch of steel again? No, it's not a research center. But uh, it, it doesn't really give you much information here. Uh, they do mention the people of the Vale. And it really alludes to something later on in the movie, but it doesn't really explain itself. And the only really Im- important scene here is a kid is like looking for some kind of plant with his mom. Yeah. They find it, and then this giant iceberg shows up and starts destroying whatever like Arctic shelf that they're currently standing on, almost straining them out in the water. And destroying whatever they're they're standing on, and uh, a guy named Damon shows up riding Zekrom, and basically blows up the iceberg. It's a pretty cool scene. I mean, yeah, uh, wasn't expecting the legendary that early. No, no, not at all. We do get a little "Who's that Pokemon?" reference. The little kid says it when Reshram, or Zekrom shows up. Yeah, Zekrom destroys the iceberg, and then we find out the very scary. Thing about Zekrom. <laughs> it speaks. It speaks. It has the psychic ability to speak. Uh, and then we get the title card, which, just like the intro, is a lot shorter. It doesn't have much of a build-up. It's just the Pokemon logo, and then it slams Pokemon Black, and then it slams Victini and Zekrom. The thing I liked about that is actually before it came up with the Pokemon logo, mm-hmm. you actually saw uh, Zekrom's eyes in the background glowing. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't notice that. Also, before the entire movie, even like the intro started, mm-hmm. how it always says Pokemon Productions right. in that Pokemon Pikachu movie. Yeah. This one actually said Duel. Uh, oh, right, at, at the, the bottom. At the bottom of that. Right. Referencing the fact that this is a twin movie. The next scene after the title card, of course, is Ash and his new companions walking through a forest. It mentions something about them getting, not getting lost, but like taking one path or another. The narrator is... And occasionally being lost, he yeah. mentioned. Not this time, though. Nope. 
they're well, they're kind of on the right path, I guess. They know where they're going. Right. And along the way, Ash spots a pair of deerlings, and one of the there's for whatever reason they're standing on this like really precarious ledge. They're trying to eat berries. Oh, okay. They were yeah. berries at the edge of the cliff. Okay. And uh, the other uh, legendary of this movie, Victini, kind of scares one of them accidentally, and it almost falls off. So Ash runs to the rescue of this deerling and catches it, but puts himself in a precarious situation where he almost falls off the cliff himself. Um, Victini sees this and like grabs onto Ash's foot to try to help him and then imbues some kind of powers into Ash to help him uh, escape. When Victini grabs onto Ash, it's, its ability mm-hmm. is called... It's Victory Star, which actually in the games is just an accuracy boost. Right. But with its Pokédex entry and such, it has an infinite amount of energy stored in it, and that's what it grants other Pokémon around it. Okay. Yeah, and it also grants Ash the ability to jump like fucking Mario, and he jumps across the giant chasm to a like a weird cave entrance. And uh, since he can't get back to where he was... He says he'll meet them up. He'll, he, he's going to go in the cave, and he'll he'll meet them up later. It's funny had the cave only gone like a few feet in. Yeah, walk there was in. A fucking bear in there or something. I'd be surprised how the bear got there. <laughs> it only was a few feet in. It's a flying bear. But uh, yeah, he ends up going through the cave, and we get a shot of the like the surrounding area, and there's this giant fucking castle uh, attached to the mountain that the cave is in then we get to see ash trying to kind of wandering through the cave a little lost and then he gets some weird fucking mystical uh kodai style vision of where to go Uh, at least he didn't have to you know absorb the time ripple yes he didn't have to suck up any time energy to get this power it's just uh assumed that it's victini again helping him out he then eventually ends up in this weird crystal cave. It looks like something out of fucking Dark Souls. It really does. Like It definitely looks like the path you go to fight uh, the Duke in Dark Souls 1. Um, he's still kind of lost, and we get this weird shot of a kind of ball thing sitting at the bottom of the cave. And whatever Ash says activates this thing and kind of like floats some energy up through the entire cave and freaks him out. Then he gets his Kodai-style vision again of the path through this uh, crystal cave and the way out. And he follows that, and he ends up at a secret entrance into uh, the castle that we saw earlier. Simon then explains that the castle is called the Sword of the Veil, and that, according to legend, uh, the king of the veil flew the castle to where it is now which is fucking ridiculous but we'll (laughs) we'll get further on that later at least it doesn't have tiny propellers right yeah then we get some more obnoxious bullshit about ash being hungry so simon being the surrogate brock character here has to come up with his own food and it's not rice balls or pizza pancakes which brock would have it's uh, macarons, which... They're a cookie. Yeah, they're a weird type of cookie. I Have you ever had any? 
No. I'll have to get some for you. They're, they don't look like tiny cheeseburgers. I'll tell you that. Si- Simon's look like tiny cheeseburgers. They kind of remind me of the new Poke Puffs. Yeah, yeah. And as they're walking through the castle eating these macarons, uh, Bikini steals a couple of ashes. They're still trying to get out after that of the castle, and they bump into Damon, the guy who was riding the Zekrom earlier in the movie who blew up the iceberg. Uh, he doesn't have the Zekrom here. He's uh, just walking through the castle. He meets up with Ash and company, and he, he tells them that he's working on restoring it. And then he leads them out into the the city, which is having a festival, which... Oh, right. That's that's the whole reason why Ash and Iris are here. Well, and Simon. They're all, they all want to take part in the festival, and, and it has some kind of weird uh, Pokemon fighting contest attached to it. Also, how did Iris and Simon not know how to get out? They actually came in through the entrance of the castle. That's true. Well, they probably got turned around and lost <laughs> somewhere. I don't know. Then we get a few scenes of the actual festival taking place. The The entire Gothitelle evolutionary tree are using their psychic abilities to like cut up watermelons and drop like that. The next scene is a shiny Golurk pulling a merchandise cart that has a bunch of Victini memorabilia on it because apparently Victini is the guardian of this town just like Celebi was the guardian of the last town. They all have such derpy eyes. Yeah, they're all kind of weird looking. No, I mean the actual characters. Well, yeah. The, the art style has changed for this movie. Yes, it, it's a very distinctive art style now. Um, I'm not a real big fan of uh, Ash's new outfit. His huge fucking zipper. His huge brown eyes. Well, that too. Yeah, his wardrobe change. Nothing's going to compete the first version of, of Ash, but... Gen 1 Ash for life. Everything just seems brighter now. Yeah. We do get Team Rocket. I was actually worried throughout, up until this point, that Team Rocket weren't actually going to be in this movie. To be fair, they were kind of... Like, I mean... They, I mean, they were useless, but they were more useless than even normal, like... Ah, uh, they're about as useless as they've been for a while. Since after they stole... What was it? Shaman. They've been pretty much completely useless. Man, why couldn't they have actually successfully stolen Shaman? Yeah, made him out of that movie. But uh, they do explain why they're in the town. They actually mention, we we're here. We were here to steal Pikachu, but let's steal Victini instead. So at least they explain themselves. Yeah, but still, I mean, no one had seen Victini for a very long time, right. according to the legends that we've heard thus far in the story. Yeah, but you know how uh, uh, ambitious Team Rocket can be. This Pokemon may not exist. Let's go catch it. Exactly. Well, they did mention they wanted to steal all the Pokemon at the festival. Okay. So yeah, that, that's that's a little better. And then we see the mayor of the town. I think it's called Ido Town. And he, he wants to begin the festival. He kind of gets up there and says, this is how it's going to start. It's going to be a 1v1, no substitutions. And once you get, uh, if you lose, you... You have to get rid of your little necklace token thing, and you're out of the competition. Um, we should mention that the mayor has the Kling Klang uh, evolutionary tree, and he uses them as, 
as Gears. I, yeah, I thought that was pretty I, yeah. cool. That was really, actually, you know, I want to say stupid Pokemon tech, but it's very clever Pokemon yeah. tech. It's using Pokemon for, it's what they were. Yeah. You actually see how they, the the Gears, the Gear Pokemon fit in with the other Gears in all of his contraptions, which I thought was pretty nifty. We do get to see um, the Companions Pokemon now. Uh, Iris always had an Axew out. But now we see that she also has an Emolga, which is this Unova's version of Pikachu. And we also see Simon's Pokemon, which is a fucking Pan Sage. As you mentioned, he's the gym leader who uses the the Elemental Monkeys. But I think all three Elemental Monkeys and their evolutions are stupid. So, yeah, I... I think that they were just in the games or created specifically to teach typecasting. I mean, they're the first right. gym. Yeah. But, I mean, you got starters for that. It's it's a cheap version of the starters. Really, Pan Sage, Pan Seer, and Pan Poor. Well, there really wasn't, like, rivals really per se, if I remember correctly, in black and white. Because you had, like, Bianca and you yeah. were just kind of, like, friends you weren't really like hey i'm gonna sneak up on you suddenly and challenge you after you fight a million zubat right um but that once the uh competition gets underway we see a few of the fights uh we see superior versus pikachu the grass type versus ash's electric type because ash still doesn't know how to type match and we'll see that even more so in a a few seconds it doesn't matter pikachu's like a level million yeah over level 100 at this point. Um, we see Embor versus um, Iris's Molga. And apparently, Iris, we neither of us have seen the show at this point. No. So we don't no. know. But it seems like Iris has her own version of Psyduck because a drill bore just pops out of her sleeve and makes her lose the match because it's a 1v1. <laughs> no substitution. Yeah, so she gets disqualified. And she um, yells at Emolga. Yeah, she kind of scolds Emolga, which doesn't make any real sense. And I like this because it's showing the fully evolved form of the starters like they always do in, in these movies, which I thought was pretty cool, because Ash will never fucking evolve his starters. Except um, for Charizard. Well, yeah. Uh, the next fight is Simon's Pan Sage versus Hydrajon. Hydrajon? What the? Hydreigon. There you go. Hydreigon, yes. Simon's Pan Sage versus Hydreigon. Um, And as you would expect, (laughs) Pan Sage gets schooled because it's a fucking, like, level 2 Pan Sage. Then we get Ash's Oshawott versus the Emboar that won against Iris, and gotta hand it to Ash. Well, yeah. Gotta hand to Ash here, even though it's a fucking level 2 Oshawott or whatever. (laughs) It's still water versus fire, and Ash typecast properly. And all of that credibility goes out the fucking window in his next match, when he has Tepig fight a Samurott. Which, I mean, even I think Iris and Simon are berating him at this point for that. Because... It's a fucking fire type versus a water type. Does, does a Samurott have a secondary type? No, it's water. 
Okay, I was gonna say it's not like Empelion water steel. See, that would have made at least it would have at least bounced out that right. in that case. Yeah. Oh, we should also mention uh, Ash's second companion Pokemon here is Scraggy, and uh, I fucking hate Scraggy. Really? I yeah. I, well, I I kind of feel bad for Scraggy in a way because it's 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 damned to a hellish existence. Of being attached to permanently baggy pants. You buy it a belt. Yeah, well, it doesn't have like you give it belt a power loops. Belt. Well, yeah, I guess. But it it's always pulling up its skin flap pants. <laughs> Terrible because it's always like tripping on it, and it's basically the butt of every joke. It's the pip love of this season. The thing is, it's only in this opening segment really and he, had, yeah. he doesn't really use it throughout the entire rest of the movie yeah well he does mention he brought it out only to like have it watch other pokemon i'm guessing fighting. it's young yeah based on that yeah i mean like we said neither of us have seen any of this series right so during the tepig versus samurai fight obviously tepig is way outclassed here it's pre-evolution it's the wrong type and it gets its ass handed to it for the most part until Victini decides to cheat on Ash's behalf and pass that victory uh, star power onto Tepig, who then basically burns down the entire town with an ember attack. You should see you should see the animation for it. Yeah, the fucking flames that shoot out of this pig are ridiculous. It looks like it's going to destroy half the town. After that, the Hydragon, oh, I'm not going to get this first time anytime, <laughs> the Hydragon trainer notices this. No, she thinks she saw Victini, so she challenges Ash to a one-on-one, because she, obviously she's still in it, and Scraggy wants to fight. So Ash is stuck using Scraggy as his Pokemon in this fight. And since obviously Scraggy is garbage, Victini has to intercede here and uses its victory star ability for Scraggy. And this time, the Hydragon trainer definitely notices it and sees it. And <laughs> the victory star causes Scraggy to jump like 100 feet in the air and use a massive headbutt. Basically one-shotting this Hydragon. The girl, who we find out is called Carlita at this point, calls Ash out on this. She's like, oh, so you use Victini to cheat, basically. And Ash is kind of like, wait, what? I have no idea what you're talking about because he literally well, doesn't. That's what any good cheater would say, of yeah. course. I don't know what you're talking about. We actually don't find out who becomes the actual winner of this competition because this is where it stops. Really? Yeah, we don't. Ash no. never fights another person, so he never technically loses his little badge thing. Yeah, no one even challenges him. Yeah. But, yeah, Ash kind of is like, well, I don't know what you're talking about about this Victini. And then he kind of has flashbacks about Victini eating his macarons, or stealing his macarons. So he offers more to Victini. And Victini does show up to eat the macarons, obviously. Should add that Victini throughout this entire segment has been stalking Ash right. invisibly and quite clumsily. Yes. Yeah, the thing I mean, I guess it's part of the fact that its wings are attached to its butt, 
so it doesn't know how to fly properly. You'd be kind of top-heavy. But yeah, it keeps bump, bumping in this. I like to imagine whenever it's invisible, it also is like, it can't see. Like it oh, yeah. kind of get to close your eyes and you're invisible. Yes, Victine eventually does show itself though, and Ash kind of manhandles it a little bit, causing it to uh, like cry out and try to run away. Pikachu kind of makes good on this though by feeding it some more macaron. This thing fucking loves these macarons. We then get a small clip of Team Rocket plotting to steal Victini, but nothing really comes of that. The next scene is just Victini and Ash walking around town, having a good old time, until they pass these weird pillars, which cause Victini to, like, bump off a force field, basically. And... Ash is like, come on, let's go, and slams Victini headfirst into the force field again. <laughs> and Victini gets all pissed off, uh, turns into a ball of fire, and basically shoots a fireball at, at directly at Ash, which bounces off this barrier as well. We meet up with Carlita's mom at this point, who is called Juanita, I think. Yeah, Searing Shot, that's the name of Victini's ah. move. Juanita explains that Victini can't go beyond the village because of the pillars set up, and we'll get we'll get a better explanation on that later. We then meet up with Damon and the mayor, and we find out that Damon is also related to Juanita. He is her son, even though they look about the same age. Also, he has Cruella de Vil hair. Yes, he has black and white hair, because, you know, black and white. And... If I remember correctly, that's the one, one of the things that changes in the movies is that... His hair is reversed? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> he collects both Reshiram and Zekrom, one in each movie. Yeah. So he has to have corresponding hair for both. Then we see a bunch of Pokemon congregating at a man-made pond next to a watermill. Um, Victini's there. Also, and Ash is kind of trying to apologize to Victini for slamming it headfirst into a barrier, pull, making it pull it an Ash on its own. Um, Ash almost falls in this little pond, which we should mention is like a foot of water, and Victini tries to stop him from falling in the pond by grabbing onto the hood, almost choking him to death, but Victini isn't strong enough, and Ash falls into the pond. That's really it. Uh, nothing really special there. No, it, it it's a, there's a lot of filler scenes I feel in this movie. Yeah, there there's a few big ones. Um, everyone seems really worried about Ash in this pond. Uh, I think that's because everyone kind of thinks Ash is a little mentally handicapped, also, and he, he might drown. That yeah, I say he was like just playing like dead in the water. Yeah, there. he did just stay face, in the water, yeah, face down for a little too long. Then we get the most awkward line in the movie. Everyone's kind of watching Ash and Bikini splash around, and then it just kind of zooms in on Damon, and he says, my plan is to borrow some of Bikini's power. And then it cuts to the next scene, which I thought was really fucking weird and awkward. Who are you talking to, buddy? Why, yeah. why are you saying this? Uh, the next scene is the mayor in his library, which is a pretty impressive set up i think they then explain the entire history of the town via pop-up book yes it's a pretty cool book 
it explains that a thousand years ago, the people of the Vale, which we've heard before, were uh, ruled by a like a benevolent king, and Victini was the king's Pokemon. Uh, the king ruled over what was called the Kingdom of the Vale. Which, Makes sense. Yeah, obviously. And <laughs> the Kingdom of the Vale used the energy of the world that in this place they call the Dragon Force. I'm going to cue in a little bit of Dragon Force here, just because I want to. Um, well, no, it's just going to be a, a small clip. Uh, and apparently the Dragon Force... I, I wish I could get, find like a perfect stinger that every time we said the word Dragon Force it would play. <laughs> I'm going to look really hard for that. Yeah, the, the Dragon Force is energy that flows through the entire planet. It's like the life force from... So it's aura? Or aura, yeah. It's it's that kind of energy. And apparently this energy created a perfect harmony for the people of the Vale. And then we find out that the king had two sons and uh, what they were great they were great and powerful. Uh, one was called the Hero of Ideals. The other one was called the Hero of Truth. And then the third one was called the Hero of Time. Ha. Huh. This this actually reminds me a lot of Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. Yeah, I've never actually played them. Oh, they're so good. I have both of them. I should let you borrow them. Basically, in that you play one game to the end, then yeah. you it gives you a password, and you play the next game using that password, and it gives you a different ending, and then you go back and play the first game again with a different password that you get at the end of the second game, and you get, like, the true ending. It's oh, a really interesting. You get the true ending if they actually had completed the trilogy. Well, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> the Hero of Ideals had Zekrom, and the Hero of Truth had Reshiram. And also, they were referred to as the Two Princes, and now I'm going to cut in a little bit of Spin Doctors. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, eventually the two princes had... Uh, civil War. A, yeah, a Civil War. They they became rivals and enemies for whatever reason. They didn't really... They, they had different ideas about how the Dragon Force was supposed to be used. So they went to war using both of their legendary Pokemon. Eventually... Reshiram and Zekrom. I keep wanting to say Kyriam, but that's not right. That's later. Reshiram and Zekrom ended up wounding each other, and they turned to stone somehow. I guess they caught, got caught between uh, Mew and Mewtwo's fighting. I can't remember. Have we seen legendaries take a dormant state in these movies yet? Uh, well, we saw Jirachi turn to a rock. Uh, that is true. Um, I know. I know. In a future movie, we see dormant Pokemon. Right. Legendaries. Yes, that's true. But after their fighting, the Dragon Force became chaotic and threatened to destroy the entire planet. To stop this, the king decided to uh, harness Victini's power and create these pillars of protection, the ones we saw earlier. He then created a castle that had basically the bottom of it is a sword and he used this to go to, I guess, the source of the Dragon Force. And 
use it basically as a um, lightning rod to or a cap to yeah. plug up the dragon force to stop it from basically destroying the entire world. After this, the king died, and the sons felt so bad about the uh, about, about what they did. They moved the dragons to a secret location, uh, restroom and Zekrom, and their little stone orbs, and hid them away. And Victini has apparently been stuck in the town or in the vicinity of the town for the this a thousand years. And apparently, Damon wants to bring back the veil, the place where this war happened, basically, and all this shit. Yeah. To bring place. back the glory of the people of the Vale, the kingdom of the Vale, and all that. Right. And that's pretty much the entire story for the kingdom of the Vale. The next scene is just... Uh, filler. Yeah, it's more filler. It's wild Pokemon playing around with Victini and eating berries. We get a flashback of Damon saying, talking to his mom, because his mom showed him what the Vale looks like now, which is a desolate wasteland. And actually, that reminds me, I wanted to talk about this. The Dragon Force reminded me of when Arceus gave the power, the life jewel to, uh, I forget his name, the guy, but he gave water, earth, electricity, and dragon, and mm, fire. Yeah. So the, the Dragon Force has yeah. been mentioned before, like it's like glue. The power of life, yeah. 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 So That's, I thought yeah. that was a nice little either a throwback to that movie or just a continuation of that thought. Yeah, I like that. Then we find out that what that whole first scene was about in the beginning of the movie, Damon had apparently traveled to all the people of the Vale who had scattered after the Thousand Years. Well, I guess during the Thousand Years. <laughs> yeah. Um, when the Vale had become desolate. So I get you, you couldn't stay in the Vale because obviously there's no life there. So the people had spread out. So that was one of the places he went was that Eskimo village, basically. He also went to another more arid region, kind of like a desert, and met up with a couple of people of the Vale there, a couple of elders. And apparently no one wanted to go back. No one had any interest in returning to the Vale to return it to its former glory. That just shows how bad it is. If you could be living in the middle of the Arctic or the middle of a desert, and, and not you, you'd rather live there than yeah. go back to the other place. So he goes back to the Vale without anyone, and it's kind of distraught. And then he hears a voice coming from the mountains. It says something about uh, living up to your ideals or something along those lines. Definitely mentions the word ideal, keyword there. He then travels to where he feels like he heard the voice and, of course, finds Zekrom there and the Dark Stone is very important it, to the games. Yeah. Um, and then he takes Zekrom, flies back to the people of the Vale, and goes, what up now, bitches? <laughs> Coming and, now? And they're all like, oh, okay, you have Zekrom. This might work. We should mention his motivation for all this, which is was actually in the flashback of him in, when he was a kid. Right, his mom says that uh, she wants to see the Vale restored. So this is just him trying to fill his mom's wishes. Right. The next scene is a dream Victini has of the king apologizing to Victini for leaving him there for this thousand years. 
and we also see basically Bikini chilling on the top of the castle, watching time go by. Yeah, basically watches a thousand years pass by. Yeah, it's a pretty depressing scene. Bikini then wakes up and wakes uh, Ash and everyone else up, and they go to the edge of the castle basically and watch the sunrise. And Bikini kind of points to the ocean. It's like I want to go there, and so Ash promises to Bikini that he will one day take him to see the ocean. Like we've mentioned before, we haven't seen the series. Can someone tell me? Does Irish normally just sleep in trees? Right. I didn't mention that. Uh, also, fucking Simon sleeps with his giant ass stupid bow tie on. The next scene is he Dam- does. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Damon kind of enacting his plan now that Bikini showed up. He uses a single glyph to move the pillars, the protection pillars, closer to the castle, which of course causes Bikini to have to move up to the castle too because it can't pass the pillars. Then Bikini, or then the pillars start sapping Bikini's energy, causing a bunch of Solois and Duosian to use their psychic abilities, and I mean a bunch. It's just like they insulated the castle with them. Yeah. I guess they were just chilling there for the thousand it, years. It was too. cheaper than getting asbestos. Yeah. <laughs> <They should warm. laughs> just stuff them in there. Yeah. And they all use their psychic abilities to cause the castle to start flying again. And we finally get to see the castle actually moving. And apparently Damon wants to use the castle to change the flow of the Dragon Force. And this is how he's going to restore life to the Vale. Ash shows up. Because they're all, all still in the castle, obviously. He sees that Damon is hurting Bikini to do this. And tries to tell Damon to stop. Ash orders Pikachu to attack the pillars that are holding up Bikini. But Zekrom intercedes here. And this is where we get to see the first fight using Zekrom. Unless you count versus a glacier. Oh man, I just imagine that wasn't actually a glacier, it was, uh, what is it, the big glacier Pokemon that actually looks like a big glacier? Just a giant one of those crawling through the ocean? Yeah. Yeah, this is the shiny Golurk, Juanita's Golurk versus Zekrom, and it doesn't go well for that Golurk. It gets <laughs> dropped. Like It, it knows fly. Y- yes, it knows fly. It has like jet engines, which is pretty cool. But uh, they're pretty high up at this point in the flying castle, and the Golurk gets wrecked, and just you see it drop through the clouds, and it's gone for a good <laughs> long while. This is also where uh, Damon's Gothitelle uses confusion to freeze everyone in place, and this is where Bikini shares a vision with Ash. It shows Ash that if the castle is moved, the Dragon Force goes insane and basically becomes chaotic and wants to destroy the planet. You should never again. move the castle. Right. Uh, Ashland passes out, I guess. I, I don't really remember what exactly happens there, but they all end up in the storeroom. I guess Gothitelle uses confusion to kind of push them into the storeroom. And this is where Ash explains to Juanita and Carlita that, you know, if if the castle's moved, the Dragon Force is going to destroy the planet. Juanita here explains that the only thing that can really stop Zekrom is Reshiram, 
So uh, they have to go find that. Ash then shows them the secret passage into into the crystal caves where he came out when he got lost earlier. They all go through this crystal cave, but apparently only Ash can find the proper route and everyone's left behind. And Ash then hears a voice talking about truth. And then the floor starts to crumble and fall apart. Uh, Ash almost dies like three times at this point. But he eventually does make it to the bottom and sees another floating ball. And the ball asks, what is your true wish? And Ash says that his true wish is to help Victini right now. Which the, the ball takes as a good enough answer and becomes Reshiram again. Then we get a scene of the Dragon Force being all chaotic and destroying stuff. Then Golurk shows up again and tries to fight Zekrom. And once again, it doesn't go well. Golurk explodes in a <laughs> yeah. fireball. It's pretty nasty. And right before, obviously, Zekrom makes the final hit to kill off Golurk. Reshiram fight shows up. And they have a pretty long, drawn-out fight. Kind of a Dragon Ball Z-style fight. They both end up falling into the chaotic Dragon Force. And kind of, Zekrom looks around and says, Oh, uh-oh. Zekrom then shows up inside the castle. As Ash and Pikachu are still trying to get Victini out, Zekrom then helps. Uh, it realizes that the Dragon Force is going to fuck the whole planet up if Victini is still captured there. Meanwhile, Damon is like, what the heck? Yeah, it's like, hey, what the fuck, man? You were supposed to be on my side. But uh, Reshram and Zekrom both kind of show up and face off against Damon. <laughs> and they're like, hey, man, you, uh, you done goofed, son. And they kind of blow a hole in the clouds together to show... Damon exactly what's going on and he's like oh <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible person yeah whoops and Victini kind of explains through uh, another flashback or like vision I guess that to soothe the anger of the land you have to basically plug up the hole again with the sword and the first thing they do is they kind of suck up some of the dragon force into the sword the castle kind of starts crumbling Basically, everyone starts to evacuate the castle because it's going to fall apart. Uh, Damon says he wants to stay behind because he's going to fix this. It was his fault that it happened, so he wants to stay behind and fix it. And everyone gets on. Uh, we should mention that the mayor shows up at some point with his helicopter powered by his uh, clangs. His, his stuff is neat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Iris and Carlita get on the hydrate. Hydragon, and everyone else piles into the helicopter except for Ash, because Ash still has Victini, and Victini still can't escape as long as those pillars up, are up. So Ash decides he's not leaving Victini behind. He's going to stay with uh, Damon to help out until uh, the pillars go down. At some point, the castle kind of lurches to the side, and Damon falls off, so now it's just Ash, Pikachu, and Victini on the castle. And the castle starts raising up really high. It eventually goes 
high above the clouds and starts going into the upper atmosphere. And Ash starts to get really cold and starts to lose oxygen. Reshram, Zekrom, Golur, and Damon then show up to uh, destroy the pillars. It doesn't really work. It, it does the opposite of help. Uh, it, the pillars eventually close in really tight on Bikini, Ash, and Pikachu. And uh, Ash is slowly dying at this point. He passes out from the cold. And Victini, having, I guess, gained his energy back, does his power-up thing again. He uses this to uh, heat up Ash, bringing him back to life, basically. At least he didn't have to cry this time. He, uh, Ash cries, and his tear turns to ice and shatters. No, yeah, but his tears didn't bring himself back. Right. This also basically destroys the pillars, or at least sends them really far away. It was really hard to see exactly what happened to them. But it also shoots a bunch of the Dragon Force into space. Now you think, A, Deoxys wouldn't find that very nice. And B, at this height, Rayquaza would have something to say about all this. Rayquaza always has something to say. It's always angry. But neither of them show up. So, As then, ugh, <laughs> Ash then passes out. And when he wakes up, Zekrom... Reshiram and Golurk are kind of pushing the castle towards the uh, Dragon Force to plug it up. Damon eventually manages to plant the sword in the the like the the end of the stream, and that apparently manages to calm it down again. After the Dragon Force is all chilled out, Ash and his friends, including Damon and his family and the mayor, <laughs> all head to the beach, because pretty much that's where the sword landed, the sword castle landed. It landed basically at the very edge of the water. Uh, so they all go to the beach, and Ash kind of, you know, says his goodbyes to Victini, says, I'm sorry, I couldn't take you, show you the, show you the ocean. In his sadness, he hucks a macaron out to the ocean, but Victini catches it in midair, or something catches it in midair, because Victini's invisible at this point, but it's obviously him. Victini then explains to Ash that he's going to go to the Vale, which is now teeming with life, and, you know, kind of restore it. Damon apologizes for being such a shithead, <laughs> and everyone's like, nah, it's okay. Reshiram and Zekrom, having kind of settled their differences, take off and go away. And we don't really get a, a goodbye scene like we usually do. It just cuts to credits after Reshram and Zekrom leave. Um, during the credits, we do see Ash and his friends and Damon and their party uh, kind of exploring the Vale now that it's newly revived. We also get a cameo of Thundros, which was kind of weird. I thought it was kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, I was not expecting it to show up at all. Uh, so I was kind of surprised to see it. We also see the backpack chick from the last movie show up in a cameo. Luckily, the arms for the backpack are still in the backpack. Yeah, and that's really it. Um, it kind of ends with Richard and Zekrom kind of going their separate ways, it seems. I guess gearing up for Black and White too. And obviously Ash and company, they leave the town and head to the next one. And that's Pokemon Black. Uh, 
Vitini and Sekrom, is it? Uh, is it and Restaurant? Restaurant. Okay. Restaurant. Okay. So let's move right into the best and worst. What was your favorite Pokemon for this movie, Doug? A uh, shiny Golurk. Mine too. Just because we rarely see shinies, yep. let alone in the movies. And let's face it, Golurk is just a giant robot. Yeah. I mean... It's Ghost it, too. I mean, how it's designed is... It's right. Essentially like Gigantor, and that's how yeah. it's flying, you know. Its arms became rockets, its legs sucked into its body, and it just flew around like that. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's Ghost. They could have just done, no, I'm Ghost. I'm just going to kind of hover around. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was nice, A, to see more shinies. I mean, we just saw three shiny legendaries in the last movie, but it was cool to see another one. It's nice that they're acknowledging that kind of thing. Um, And I like that it tried to fight a legendary, even though it was obviously outclassed. Also, it sparkled when it came out of its Pokeball. Of course it did. It's a shiny. So, yeah, I, I really like the shiny go Uh What was your least favorite Pokemon in this movie? Honestly, my least favorite were Zekrom and Reshrom. Really? A, because they talk, but they didn't talk too much. Right. Although, I did have a lot of trouble trying to understand what they were saying. Like, there were yeah. several times in this movie where I couldn't really understand what they were trying to say, both them and, like, some of the flashbacks with the king in that. Yeah, the audio was really weird. Like, the uh, music background sound effects were pumped up and the dialogue was brought yeah. down for some reason. But I I just never liked their designs. Like, this isn't okay. from, like, what they are standpoint. It's, I don't like their designs. They have jet engine butts. Like, yeah. And turbines. And it's like, it, I mean, there's weird Pokemon, but this is, it was just a little too much for me. I just, just never liked them. Okay. Yours? What's your I, least favorite? I hate Hydreigon. <laughs> I, you I, just hate saying the name. No, it's not just the name. I really don't like the design of the Pokemon. Like, the three heads. The, I know it's a Hydra, it's a dragon, so Hydreigon. But, I just... I, the frills on it look really weird. And, it's like, the hand or the head arms look really funky i just never like like you said you don't like the design of the legendaries i don't like the design of that pokemon <laughs> we don't like the design of their dragons yeah come on game freak get better fucking the gibble evolutionary tree is fucking awesome i love garchomp but the yeah i just even in the games it looks stupid so i had to go with that one what was your favorite scene in this movie Probably when uh, the castle takes off. Okay, yeah, that was pretty cool. The the entire thing of it just slowly, like, retching its way out of the mountainside. Right. And, like, the people in the village kind of, like, looking up, like, yeah, uh, holy shit, what's going on? <laughs> right. Um, I think you mentioned it is very reminiscent of a Japanese RPG final battle scene or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it really... And it's a full-size, well... It's a full-shaped sword. Like, it has the entire blade of sword in the bottom of this castle, which is really cool-looking. It has a very tiny hilt. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only problem I had with it, was that the castle wasn't built built up enough to have a a full-sized hilt to match it. But it was still, like, really awesome, just, like, looking at the far-off perspective of it. Yeah. That they were showing throughout the thing. It was pretty well-designed, I thought. What was your favorite scene? Mine was the, um... The pop-up book legend explanation. I thought uh, the whole the whole legend was pretty cool. 
okay. in itself. And uh, I, the way they explained it, it was very reminiscent of the um, the Arceus legend. Yeah, the Jewel of Life. Yeah, that whole, the way they explained it using the, the projection. The, the awesome uh, projector waterfalls. Right. I think they've gotten they've gotten a lot better at explaining their stupid Pokemon stuff. Uh, you didn't say that last movie. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> Um, and that's one thing we have to give this movie kudos for. Uh, the only, like, Pokemon magic was the the flying castle, and that was explained using... Pokemon's powers. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, they didn't try to make up some new random BS. Right. I mean, Dragon Force technically is a Yeah, but as, we, random as I mentioned, it, it was it, hinted it, to it's earlier. It's like Jewel of Life, it's like Aura, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what was your least favorite scene in this movie? Uh, probably all of the pointless, pointless filler scenes. Yeah. Where they were just trying to go, hey, look, it's Victini. It's ultra cute. Yeah. It's a Celebi I mean, one of these. I mean, but... we, we get it. It's a cute Pokemon. Yes, it's a cute Pokemon. I'll admit it. Yeah. But we don't need half the movie. Well, when when did they actually start making the castle fly? Maybe, what, over halfway through the movie? Yeah, it was about... Uh three quarters of the way through that all the big action scenes happen. most of this movie is filler yeah a lot of it is victini eating berries or macarons or something like that your least favorite <laughs> anytime simon made a cooking reference we didn't mention that throughout <laughs> the uh, actual explanation of the scene but he would make these random references to food and cooking that just uh, he's no brock no. Question. Who's worse? Simon or Tracy? Ooh. Ooh, man. I think Simon's worse. Honestly. I have not... I don't know how long Simon's been in the series. I have... I have like, we haven't watched it. I don't know how... Oh, man. I want to say Tracy just because I've seen him more, but... <laughs> If, Honestly, if Simon's as bad in the actual series as he is was in just this movie, yeah, just going by the movies, I think Tracy's better because he doesn't get any real lines in the Lugia movie. That's because and he cut one, him out of it, and the one line he gets is cut out in the English version. So, uh, so yeah, honestly, if we're going just movies and just line wise, yeah, Simon's is worse than Tracy. I it's never worse. thought I'd say that about anyone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who's worse, Simon, Max, or Tracy? Uh, I still have to go with Simon. Yeah. So, Simon, Tracy, Max. I did not like Max, but... Really? It, does, it, it, it still goes Tracy. Tracy's still high-tier garbage to me. <laughs> I thought Max I'll, was Also, throw in some angsty Mewtwo in there somewhere. I love Mewtwo, yeah. but I hate what they've done to him. Okay. So, what is your rating on this movie? Going from Pokeball to Great Ball to Ultra Ball to Master Ball? with Master Ball being the best. What was your rating for this movie? Well, it was an okay movie. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably have to give it a great ball. I, I watched it. It was okay. I wasn't offended by really anything. I actually liked the Pokemon tech that was in it. Yeah. That being the mayor's, you know, uses for his Pokemon, jamming them into his machines. That, right. I mean, that's kind of, that's actually really clever of him. Yeah. So I still have to give it a great ball. I mean, no, there's nothing stand out about it. Right. You? I also gave it a great ball. Uh, it's not a terrible movie. It's no, not, no. I'm 
glad that it, it's as good as it is because we have to watch it again, basically. <laughs> um, but it's it's nothing special. It's no, no RCS. Yeah. There, movie. There's no, no there's no like specific thing that like pops out at right. you. Um, it's yeah, it's definitely better than I was expecting it to be going in. It it started off kind of slow, which is what drug drug the rating down a little bit. Um, and it definitely had some decent moments. I, I mean, Victini is your stereotypical Celebi slash Jirachi slash Manaphy Pokemon. I'm honestly surprised uh, it didn't go to Iris because it's it's one of those. Well, this is the first movie in that series, so yeah. it has to go to Ash. Yeah. You know, the companions were just, you know, shown. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It definitely wasn't worth an Ultra Ball, though. No, no. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're interested in it, you can give it a watch. Yeah. It's it's not overly offensive. Or you can wait till next week. Maybe by some miracle, uh, wait will be better than Yeah, I would love to see. It would be kind of hilarious. It would be really funny if uh, White gets an Ultra Ball, but I don't see that happening. No. I don't see uh, any minute changes really making this any better. No, because it's going to have the pretty much the same scenes, just yeah. altered slightly. I, yeah. It's going to probably end up with the same. Yeah. We'll uh, see. Could yeah. You... I think what we should do is after we review that movie, obviously we're going to, it's going to be a, a, a much shorter uh, thing where we just kind of go through the differences. We're not going to go through the entire movie again. Like, yeah. We're not going to explain the entire movie again. Um, I think the rest of that will be comparing the two and giving an overall score of both movies together. Okay, that sounds good. Um, but that'll be next week, so you have something to look forward to. Um, so, while you're waiting, you can find us online at genzeropodcast.com. You can email us any questions or comments at genzeropodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, even though I haven't updated those in a while. Um, also at Gen Zero Podcast, the whole thing. Um, and you can find us on iTunes. And if you listen to us on iTunes, if you could rate us and subscribe there, that would be great. But until next week when we watch Pokemon White, uh, Victini, and Zekrom, see ya. Later. Later.